We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Budweiser's weekday sports week continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. It is Monday, and that means Brian Driscoll Day from IrishBreakdown.com, the Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Her name Get my website. own day? Yeah. That's awesome. It's Driscoll Day. <laughs> Didn't you know? Friday. I love it. It's Friday. There it. we go. I, like I love that it. Better. Oh, Friday. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that on a shirt. I'm going to have to trademark oh. that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so I've been holed up in the studio since before, you know, like probably an hour or so before the show started, just working on a bunch of stuff. So I did not see the breaking news. So I will let you go ahead and break it here on our air. Something has happened with one of Notre Dame's biggest rivals. Yeah, USC today announced that they'd fired Clay Helton, their head football coach, after what was a disastrous uh, loss this weekend to Stanford, and it was an embarrassing loss. They were down 42-13 to at one point in time, ended up losing 42-28 to after punching in a couple at the end of the game, and, and what had been kind of smoldering for years now, uh, you know, he was 18-14 and 14 the last three years, finally came to fruition. Apparently the new the new AD, who's now in his second year, had seen enough, and uh they fired him, and he, the interim coach will be Dante Williams, who is their defensive backs coach. And uh, this is obviously a, a big a big move that will affect Notre Dame, certainly, in regards to who USC hires to replace him. What do you think about the timing, waiting two games into the season to do this? When, I mean, really, the last couple of years, people have been calling for Clay Hilton's job. I, I think it's a, a poor decision. I mean, look, if he was on this tenuous of ground, you should have fired him in the offseason. That's what I think, too. Coach. And perhaps yeah. maybe they didn't have a guy lined up. But you can't tell me they now have a guy lined up after two games. You know? Uh, so, so to me, it's one of those things where it's an overreaction to a bad performance. And, and it tells me that they were already looking to make this move and they just hadn't been able to hire and find the right guy. Because, I mean, look, we've, we've seen programs suffer really bad early season losses and come back and be pretty good. I mean, USC in 2000. 16, for example, started the season one and three and included a 50 plus point loss to Alabama, a double digit touchdown loss to Stanford, and a, and a loss to Utah. And by the end of the year, that team had was won, won 10 games, beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl. And the next year, they went 11 and three. 
Uh, you know, and, and then we saw Ohio State in 2014 get beat by two touchdowns at home by Virginia Tech and ended up going on to win the national championship. My, my point isn't that USC was destined to win a title, but it's right. It's really two games. Uh, you know, if, if two games is enough to fire a guy, then you should you already had the, the, the information you needed to fire him in the first place. Exactly. And you should have done that. I just don't think it's fair to the players. I don't think it's fair to uh, to, to Clay Helton, to be honest with you, to fire a guy after two games, unless there was something going on like he was cheating or something. But anyone that's ever known Clay Helton says that's he's the, the exact opposite of, of that. He's one of the, the nicest guys in the business. Yeah. And so it, it, to me, I don't think it was that. So he'll probably be uh, Nick Saban's – Yes, he's going to be an years, offensive so. analyst for USC <laughs> next year, uh, and, and and then he'll eventually become the the play caller and yeah. right, right, yes, resurrect yeah. his career and mm-hmm. and then go to some other program and you know like Steve Sarkeesian and exactly flop again exactly. It wasn't a good weekend for Steve Sarkeesian either. No, so. it wasn't. That is why <laughs> that's why I threw him USC in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's yeah. turn let's turn to Notre Dame because we can laugh about Clay Helton. And of course, Notre Dame hosts USC October twenty third. We can laugh about that all we want. But oh goodness, the offensive line. Not not a laughing matter if you're speaking of firing people. Man, my goodness. Um, that's obviously that's something that a lot of Notre Dame fans are calling for right now, obviously. And you know, I, I touched on a little bit at the end of our first segment. So let me just ask you, what do you see as the biggest problems? You know, just just from a trying to get things cleaned up, trying to get them functioning, you know, like at least as an average offensive line. What what, what do you see as the biggest problems right now about how they're going about what they're doing? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I see a unit that's 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 clearly not being prepared well, and, and what and that is going to manifest itself in a few ways, Sean. Number one is some of it you expect to see, right? Missed assignments, blown assignments, guys turning people loose. I, I kind of expected to see some of that in the first couple games because of the fact that you do have four new starters up front. Now this this stuff of Brian Cape somehow this is a young offensive line outside of one spot. This is not not a young offensive line. You have a yeah. six-year senior, a fifth-year senior, a three-year starter at center as a senior, and a junior who came into the season with two career starts, including the, the, the Rose Bowl. So it, it's it's, But the, it does take some time for five guys to get together and gel together to play as a cohesive unit. So I expected some of that stuff. I think the bigger problem for me, Sean, more than anything, is they physically have gotten whipped the first two games. Yeah. That's the problem. You know, they're 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 coming off the line. They're getting driven off the ball. They're not getting any push. 
the overall technique of, of veteran players. I mean, Kane Madden is a worse player at Notre Dame than he was at Marshall from a technical standpoint. Hmm. That That's unacceptable. You know, wow. Josh Lugg has regressed from a technique standpoint. Kane, Zeke Carell has regressed. Jarrett Patterson is a little different because, you know, he's kind of coming back and shaking off the rust after missing the spring. But you know, he got a little bit better. But the fact that you've got all these, you know, highly ranked guys and all these guys that have played before and you can't get them to, to form at a, a functional level against Toledo – is incredibly problematic yeah when you have the toughest games of the schedule still to come and that stretch of five straight games against ranked Mm -hmm. opponents that starts with wisconsin you know they're going to be more you know physical what Mm -hmm. what to you because we are two weeks into the season now and you expect you expect something you expect to see some kind of improvement we would have expected i think to see improvement from game one to game two especially since they're going from you know, middle of the pack, potentially anyway, Florida State team to, uh, you know, a MAC team. What's what's fixable right now? What's realistically fixable right now? The thing that can and should get fixed by Saturday against Purdue by two thirty kickoff is the is the the fire right, the power, the the playing physical, playing tough. There's no, I don't care if you're a freshman or a sixth year senior. Playing hard is about is about want to. It's about desire. It's about the coach putting those players in position to say, hey, look, you know, whatever, if you're going to make a mistake, make it 100 miles an hour. You know, that's why when I look at the defense and I think of the mistakes that they've made that have been costly, I look at it and say, you know what, like they're playing hard. They're on pace to blow away the best marks for sacks and tackles for loss under Brian Kelly. Like they're on pace for over 120 tackles for loss in this season. Their highest under Kelly's like 94, right? So you look and say, hey, there's some really good stuff happening. You just got to clean up these mistakes. With the offensive line, it's not that. It's not only are you making mistakes, but you're not even playing hard. And and and, I, and, and that's got to be fixed, and that can be fixed right now. That's about the coach lighting a fire into those players' behinds. It's about Jarrett Patterson and Josh Lugg demanding that a standard be set for how they go about their business every day from an emotional, fiery standpoint. And it's about, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, then then there need to be cha- personnel changes. And, and those those things can and should happen by sat. I mean, they need to happen by tomorrow's practice, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Jack Cohn harassed all day. He was sacked six times, like when we turned to the passing aspect or the pass blocking aspect. But with what the offensive line is giving them right now as they continue to try to work through their stuff, is there anything you think like they can do from a – you know, like a play design slash pass route standpoint that can kind of help Jack Cohn a little bit? I think they're going to have to move the pocket a little bit. And they tried it early in the game. They ran an RPO where he pulled and got outside and threw a ball to 30, for 37 yards Avery Davis, and they called it back for an illegal man downfield, which I thought was a bad call because Jared Patterson was engaged with a defensive lineman. He just drove that guy downfield on an RPO. That's not supposed to be a penalty as far as I understand the rule. Uh, so, so plays like that I think are good. I think that I'd like to see them do more things where they attack the perimeter a little bit, you know, just, hey, quickly get that catch and throw it, you know, get it out right. there on some screens. You know, uh, if, if you if you know that they're going to – so, for example, what, what Toledo was doing is when the running back would – let's say he was to the right of the quarterback and he would check, look for a guy to block, and then he'd, he'd do like a release route to the right, they'd trigger that, that linebacker to the left. Okay, well, I've got something for that. I'm going to be running a high-low concept coming right behind that the next time I, you know, the next time we're going to do that. And that way, if that guy comes, we've got a route replacing him. If he doesn't come, then you stick with your route concept. There's some things like that, but that requires 
Tommy Reese to see how teams are going to play them. Well, now you've got a little bit of a, an idea of how teams are going to attack your offensive line. So you have some, some stuff like that. There was a real effective crossing route to Joe Wilkins. Yeah. There was obviously two crossing yeah. route or a crossing route that went for a touchdown uh, or on the first drive. So I think some more levels concepts, those are like, you know, you got a guy short, middle, deep, kind of on one level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some things like that moving the pocket is, is a good one. You know, started the game off of the bootleg and, you know, Jack Cohn executed it perfectly, got it over to Avery Davis for a 14-yard gain, had another 15 tacked on from a face mask. I think more of that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe some max protection deep shots You know, to Braden Lindsey uh, would, would maybe be something you could do. And then, of course, whenever you get in a one-on-one on the outside with one safety, you tell Jack Cohn, I don't wear what, care what the call is. If you have Braden Lindsey and a Kev, Kevin Austin in a one-on-one outside with one safety deep, you check to a go route. And just yeah. take those shots. I think those are things that I think he can do. But again, in Tommy Reese's defense, I don't know if you go into a game saying like they did, saying, "Hey, here's our game plan in case our offensive line gets destroyed by Toledo." Uh, but now he has to do that, right? It, moving forward, it's going to be on him if he doesn't have a game plan prepared. Now that he's seen what this line can potentially do, yeah, in I mean, a that, negative way. That's a great point about Lindsey and Austin because I, I just I, I don't think that there are too many matchups where whoever's going to be on them are going to be better Mm-mm. than them. They should be able to win those matchups I mean, pretty if, consistently. If the O line would have protected well on Saturday, Braden Lindsey would have had a monster game. Yeah. I mean, he was open all game. He was getting frustrated, but to his credit, he kept going. He kept going. He kept a, he kept running those routes, even though he wasn't getting the ball. But you know, if they can give him some time to throw, he's gonna he's gonna have a couple monster games coming up here soon. Right, Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame website. I mean, I think you you, you talk about the RPO and that is back in the offense. Oh yes. this year and. Like we can agree that Jack Cohn is never going to be Ian Book or Tyler Buckner with, with his running ability, but it seems like there are some times where maybe he can be a part of that. Like if he pulls and keeps, like he can at least mm-hmm. keep defenses more on. You know, he's like again, right. he's not going to break off twenty and thirty yard runs like Tyler mm-hmm. Buckner, but he can get you know three, four, five yards you know here and there. Wouldn't that kind of help as well? Yeah, now that's more of a read zone as opposed to an RPO. Okay. Uh, and an RPO is different. An RPO is more of a you either hand it off or you pull and throw it. Now, there were some triple option RPOs that we broke down this summer that they did with Jack Cohn early. It, oh, that was the play to Avery Davis and then did with Tyler Buckner. And I liked that wrinkle. I was actually really – the fact that they called it first with Tyler Buckner was the surprise for me. And I loved that <laughs> creativity. But what they simply need him to do, to your point, Sean, is just a read zone, right? There's some RPO stuff you can do to throw behind that. But when they're crashing that backside edge, he's just got to pull it and run for 10, 12 yards. And that's what's in front of him. I mean, that's how open it is. And he only has to do that a couple times before people are like, hey, you know, we're going to protect that. And then, you know, do with him what you did with Tyler Buckner. Just have your tight end wrap around the backside and making it look like he's going to seal the backside edge on an inside zone or outside zone and just have him wrap around and be a lead blocker for Tyler Buckner. There was a play if Tyler Buckner pulls it, he, he made a wrong read. If he pulled, and he knew it. As soon as he handed it off, he just saw his head go up like, oh my gosh, I should have pulled that. Because it was him, a receiver, and two DBs. Or as him, a tight end, and a receiver, and only two DBs. <laughs> he might still be running. He might be halfway to San Diego by now if he would have pulled that thing and, and ran with it. And you can do some of those things with, with Jack Cohn enough to where he can move the chains and keep people honest. And, you know, I think he needs to do that and it needs to be part of the game plan because, like you said, that backside crash, Sean, people are just going to start keep doing that with him in the game until Notre Dame makes him pay for it. So what do you do with the quarterbacks going forward? I mean, this is like what we saw on Saturday, Sean, is what you and I have talked about all summer. 
this is what I wanted to see. Yeah, Jack true. Cohn's your starting quarterback. Tyler Buckner brings value. He's too dynamic not to play. Uh, I hope it looks just like what we saw in 2006 with, with Florida and Tim Tebow and, and Chris Leak. Chris Leak was always the starter. There was never a doubt, even though fans wanted t- Tim Tebow, who was a five-star recruit and a, and a Florida kid, and a, you know, it was ended up being a tremendous player. But Tim Tebow knew his role in 2006. Jack Cohn and t- Chris Leak knew his role, and they all went on to win a title. Jack, this needs to be Jack Cohn's team, but Tyler Buckner also needs to have a role. And doing things like we saw on Saturday, the fact that they let him throw and not just run, I thought was brilliant. Uh, you can ask Vince. I was calling for that wheel route for a quarter and a half, and they finally went to it, and it worked. You know, but I love that play call. You know, I love the fact that the first time they they threw the ball with Tyler Buckner, it was going to be a bomb. He got hit, and so it didn't get there. But it was a a, st- a stop and go to Braden Lindsay. I love that aggressiveness. I want to see more of this. And of course, you have to enhance your package to make sure teams don't always know exactly what you're going to do with Tyler Buckner. But I, I want to see that. And if there's a game where maybe Tyler Buckner's just really rolling because they just can't stop his running, then maybe you play him for a couple extra series more than you anticipated. But this still has to be Jack Cohn's team, and it, and, and you still have to find ways to get Tyler Buckner involved, which is what we've been saying for months that we hoped they would do. So I, I'm glad they're doing it, but I also knew that if Tyler Buckner was successful in that regards, and you and I both knew this and everybody knew this, if Buckner's successful, then the calls are going to be, hey, play the young kid, right? And I'm 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 glad it is because it means he played well. But when you lead a team on a ninety-something yard drive the first time you ever play college football, there's right. going to be people saying, "Hey, yep, I want to see some more of this." Yep. But you know, I I was pretty impressed just like with his composure and yeah. everything else that he had. You know, for a kid who didn't yeah. play his last year in high school because they canceled the season mm-hmm. and and first home game and and just the whole thing. What did you think? I, I was really impressed by by both of their quarterbacks from a composure standpoint. And and I think That's Tyler true too. handled the moment. Yeah, Tyler handled his first moment incredibly well. He didn't rush that first play. He re- carried the fake. It looked like it was a designed play from the beginning. It maybe it wasn't. It just looked like it, but he read he carried the fake out, made a nice run, protected the football when he was around traffic. You know, there's a couple times he's cutting in on, away from people. He protected the ball well, looked poised. Moment wasn't too big for him. Wasn't like, you know, sometimes freshmen get in there and they run for 26 yards, and they jump up and they're going crazy. His, he, he was clearly excited, but it was still looking for the next call. I loved that. Uh, I thought Jack Cohn handled that well. Uh, I think, you know, and then you talk about Jack Cohn handling the pressure. I mean, he not only did he get sacked six times, but you go back and watch that wheel route against Michael Mayer. I don't think he saw Michael Mayer catch the ball because he was in the process of having his face driven into the turf uh, after he threw the ball. Uh, but you know, he that comes was any out given that last play, drive. was it? Yes. Oh, it really was. But he come. But here's the thing: he comes out on that last drive, and he throws a gorgeous ball to tie, to Kevin Austin on the first. I mean, yeah. think about that. You're getting your head beat in all yep. game. The 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 play call by Tommy was great because he had that go route outside, but he also had a little angle route by Kyron Williams. So if they bail, you've got a little you know catch and run situation to Kyron Williams. But he saw the one-on-one. He made a great throw. Kevin Austin made a great catch. Then he gets his finger dislocated, His th- the middle finger of his throwing hand. Let me tell you, as a quarterback, that is the last finger that I want to hurt. The last finger that I want to hurt, other than my thumb. Bet. My thumb and my middle finger, the two where it's about – that's where your grip primarily comes from is those two fingers. And he has that popped out. 
He runs to the sideline after, again, getting driven to the ground, has the guy pop the finger back in on his throwing hand, goes right back out, throws a game-winning touchdown. If that doesn't endear him to Notre Dame fans, then I just think we've lost our souls. I mean, you know, that is that is like a Notre Dame moment that should live in infamy. It's just the toughness and the poise. Like, he was excited because he was trying to find someone to pop it back in. And then as soon as it got popped back in, he's running in, he's, you know, he's waving Tyler Buckner off. And, and I mean, just I thought both of those kids battled their butts off, looked poised, uh, and represented themselves incredibly well. And, uh, played a huge role in this team coming out with a win well, that's a great point you know because I mean Jack Cohn was he, he was obviously hit pretty good all day but to keep bouncing back like that and and you know especially again in a, in a game where they bring in another quarterback and all these things and and then he comes in and, and leads the game-winning drive at the end of the game after that happened yeah I, I think you're exactly right a great deal of poise and composure on his part as well all right, Brian, uh, tell everybody what's going on right now at irishbreakdown.com. Well, right now I'm still wrapping up my grades. So right now I have my quarterback grades, my running back grades, and my receiver grades out. Later tonight I'll have tight ends and offensive line. We'll have the defensive grades out tomorrow. And I'm going to have a feature coming up here soon where I'm going to point out that for all the hand-wringing about the defense and things that genuinely need to get correct with the defense – they're showing some things early in two games that have me very excited about what this team can be and okay. what this team can be very soon. And I mentioned I kind of teased a little bit with the tackles for loss. They're on pace for 123 tackles for loss. The highest under Brian Kelly's 94. Wow. They're on pace for over 50 sacks. I think they've they've only, they have yet to get to 40 under Brian Kelly. Uh, so they're doing some disruptive things that are very exciting. Now they just got to clean up those things that are resulting in the big plays. Clean up the big plays. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right, Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com. Good stuff as always. I'll talk to you later in the week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.